We are live on the side quest live coming at you on this beautiful Sunday evening. That's as much energy Sunday, as you're gonna get from me. <clears throat> as much energy you're gonna, you're gonna get from me uh, because I someday. am tired. Someday, I am one of the many hosts on this <clears throat> on this wonderful show. We're actually gonna have a pretty packed house today. You can find me there. Double D, Dolly Demofsky, kind of pointing down there. D. Uh, the person D. above me, Taylor Bliss. That's me. At, at Taylor Bliss. Kitty Corner. Zach. Caddy Corner. Okay, Caddy Corner. Zach, okay, Quest. Quest. More like Puppy Corner because Kitty Corner from Taylor is Sam Dixon. I was going to say, you said Kitty Corner, and I was like, oh, he must be pointing at me. Apparently not. <laughs> yeah, it was me. And then in the ether, at some point, will be joining us, JJ. Uh, he's still running his Tandy 1000 that he's having some issues. His compact Presario that he's still having some issues logging in with. It's probably um, overheating because he doesn't have any AC. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> uh, it's a, I mentioned it's Sunday. Um, the show last week was just me, myself, and I, and it was one of our most watched shows in a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah, we say that, you say that all the time. Like, you don't well, show what, up, it's the most watched show. You do show up, it's the most watched show. It's it's either if it's just me or if it's everybody but me. So <clears throat> it's a weird, a weird time. If it's there's me, only one thing that people love, and that's Dally and not Dally. Dally and not Dally. <laughs> Uh, gents, it is awesome to see your lovely, lovely faces. Always good to, to hang out with my fam. How you guys doing? Amazing. Wonderful. I'm tired. But thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's... Uh, sorry, am I scratching my nose here? A um, lot of news this week. A lot of news this week. Uh, yeah, it hit me. I didn't, I was out. I didn't do catch okay, a I'm goddamn thing. <clears throat> good for you. Um, I'm going to start with, uh, here, uh, where is it, uh, via the, it was on the Internet. VK, and, uh, um, well, I'll point to the, uh, the actual Nikkei article, which you guys can definitely see, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those days, let me share the screen here, <clears throat> Big news, everybody. For those folks that vehemently said we are definitely going to get a new Switch announcement this year, it will be launching this year. According to the Who DK and Nintendo, um, I'm going to hit the... Let's see if I can translate this page. Uh, uh, there you go. Uh, Nintendo is not not going to be announcing new hardware this... Oh, it's not showing up. Oh, well, whatever. Um, it's not going to be announcing new hardware this year. This is courtesy of uh, Nikkei, um, the interview they did with uh, Nintendo's president. Um, but Mario. Uh, yeah, Mar with Mario. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Stupid. Um, they, uh, as transcribed, um, uh, there is no new hardware Nintendo is planning on releasing between now and, uh, and March. End of March. So, now they could very well announce new hardware, but they're definitely not releasing, supposedly, uh, according to this article. So, and this, this the interview that took place. We yeah. for <clears throat> every freaking person, every insider 
has been saying for the last year at least that we got we got the switch pro coming it's going to be called the switch advance it's going to be called the super switch switch plus it's definitely coming it's not it's it's going to be the next switch it's a switch 2 but it's definitely com- coming this year we got a switch light with an oled coming this year and now supposedly we got nothing coming this year except for jj jj's coming this year it's uh, that sounded wrong but maybe it's <laughs> <laughs> welcome jj that's You're doing the first thing most, I hear most, most opportune time we're talking about nintendo stating that they or the nikkei stating uh via an interview with uh, nintendo's president that um they are not releasing new hardware this brand new hardware this year there will be no yeah. switch switch uh, successor this year so Thoughts, everybody yeah so i will say hot girl or Do- dove gray our friend yes yep. uh posted an hour ago actually about oh. this <laughs> said our opinion and information we have received regarding the new upcoming nintendo switch iteration has been and has remained Q1 2023 Western slash post fiscal year in 2022, 2022 Nindo is what they say, Japan. I know what you read. I know what you've heard. We still believe it is coming then. Then they follow up and say, to add to this, 100%, there will be technical specifications leaked from a non-gaming news publication at least one month prior to its public announcement. Those specifications will be correct. So that's what we that's what we got and they've been on the money about this ever since so yeah they they also said that there is going to be a switch light oled they were kind of uh pushing for a switch light mm-hmm. or a new small switch or a family a switch kind of a, bu- a budget fr- uh switch that's supposed to be launching this year that they've been saying um uh as well haven't heard anything yet about that uh, being announced but that may be now that may be pushed to next year i don't know um my thoughts are still we're not going to get a new switch until next year uh i was thinking it would probably be march only because that's the end of their fiscal year, fiscal year. And it's, yeah. um but then you know you're looking at whenever zelda is going to launch they're saying zelda's they said spring or do they say q1 of 2023 who knows um i believe this is going to launch the same time as the Zelda game also um, could launch the same time as uh, what the hell JJ could launch the same time <laughs> as um, he's frozen again. My friends, he's got a <clears throat> his computer's overheating. Could launch the same time as the Mario movie, which actually could be kind of a fun tie-in when you think about Ew. it. Um, I don't. Uh, you really think they would? I think I feel like if it launched at the same time as Mario movie, it's just coincidence. It could be, but it um, when you're looking to sell hardware, any type of PR, any type of marketing is good marketing. I'm, I'm, I'm I guess you know, I don't know, especially. I with, don't. Uh, I mean, I know that I know that it's Mario, but I mean, it is, but it is a Western movie. Mm-hmm. It's a Western movie, but so they did the delay minions, it. And, yeah, but Japan so loves, loves the minions. So. <laughs> yeah, but we're not releasing a new Nintendo hardware based on the release of a Minions movie. Yeah, but. Hey, listen, that's why they got that studio to make that movie is because Japan loves minions. I just realized this, but yeah. <laughs> that new minions movie was okay. I went and saw that. Um, so any any thoughts on this? I mean, we're it's uh, no thoughts. I, I mean, here's the thing we're, we're already in August anyway. Um, yeah. 
So, yeah, I don't... We were going to watch as the amount of people talking about hardware releases slowly diminished in number. Um, We're kind of too close to a lot of sales window targets for them to release something this year. Mm-hmm. Um, because if they were going to release something, it's going to be ideally October. Uh, Cause you want yeah. some level of PR traction before November. And we're, we don't, there's no, there's no time. I, I, I still think, and we've talked about it before. They have the Splatoon OLED coming out in September which I think is pretty, you know, it's smart to your, this is not meant to be a Splatoon shirt. It just looks like it. Um, but I'm still, <clears throat> they're moving past Mario Kart, maybe finally on, you know, the pack-in game for Switches in the holidays. And I think they'll probably focus on Switch Sports, right? We've talked about Switch Sports seems like a shoe-in um, bundle game for for the Switch, uh, for the OLED, because they're, they are trying to transition to the OLED. Um <clears throat> But that seems like a slam dunk. You know, get that out there. Get a bunch of folks who maybe haven't picked up Switch Sports yet, because obviously a lot of people have. I think they said almost 5 million people have bought it already around the world. But, um, you know, they could very well uh, really boost sales of Switch Sports and uh, the OLED, the SWOLED, uh, in the holidays by releasing some t- some sort of combination there. So, um you know, if, like I haven't upgraded to the Swoled. I know JJ did. I know everybody I know who who has upgraded this to the the Swoled absolutely loves it. It's it's definitely the way to go with the Switch because that screen is pretty gorgeous. Um, I guess if you don't have Switch Sports, that might be a good good call. But I guess yeah, I'm <clears throat> Nintendo is very safe this year, this holiday season. They're not facing the same type of. Um, uh, it feels like they're not going to face the same type of competition from playstation and xbox um in terms of hardware in terms of software selling hardware i guess because game pass xbox is focusing on game pass you really don't need to worry about um the xbox consoles however i did see for the first time i saw an xbox series x three Mm. boxes at target just sitting there um next to stack of the xbox series s's as well and i thought dead console it's a dead console no it's it's uh, smart for Microsoft. We, we talked about it. they're pivoting to Game Pass. It's it's the really the ultimate choice. Pun. Um, let's see if JJ can get in this time. Um, there he is. Will... Hey, he's finally but, here. Uh, finally yeah, I don't know. I, and PlayStation is just they're having all kinds of issues. But um... well, yeah. So like you're saying, like Nintendo just kind of wins this year by default because they actually have yeah. games coming out. <laughs> like, no one else has anything coming out besides like two things maybe for Sony. Uh, but Nintendo has games that could be people's favorite games ever every couple mm-hmm. of months. So it's like that. that's just kind of the winner there. So they just win. Sadly. Yeah. Um. Okay, I mean, we'll move on. Uh, speaking of Xbox, there actually is some Xbox news uh, that I wanted to share, uh, which I think is actually pretty cool. <clears throat> Xbox has joined, speaking of joining Nintendo, Xbox has joined Nintendo in now allowing a family plan for Xbox Game Pass, which I think is actually, I'm just kidding, not joining Nintendo. Um, but uh, a family, fr- friends and family pa- plan for Game Pass started testing in Colombia and Ireland. Mm. Um, 
which I think is actually a really cool thing. So you and what is it, uh, three or four other people can get nice. included in that. Um, I know, like I, I know a lot of people who do that for the Switch for the Nintendo Online stuff there. Uh, you get a is, year for two yeah. bucks, basically, if Something, you yeah, like ten Switch, other yeah. people. <laughs> now, I, I mean, I wonder. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, 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 Game Pass needs to put out a yearly subscription. I would pay. I would plunk. You know, however many. What would it be about a hundred and. Uh, 50 bucks no it'd be like 200 dollars basically for a yeah. yearly subscription to game pass but um i could see myself doing that but i think it's a great or you uh, convert your gold if you're lazy like me you won't do that and microsoft wins out in the end but no I, I this is really cool i i think it, it's about time that they did this uh it's it's a win for everybody i mean what do you guys what do you guys think yeah cool yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Makes makes sense. Uh, I think okay. it's interesting that they're testing it in South America. Um, Ireland's definitely in South America. I no, I talk, well, yeah, you're looking at Colombia, so that's the first yeah. that I said. Um, I meant as far as yeah. the Americas go, that the fact that South America, Colombia specifically, was the target is interesting to me. Probably because um, their dollar is like super low, they're trying to yeah. test it with people who like see like oh let, let's see what people do like yeah. let, let's let's see like what the consumers will will do with like mm-hmm. being able to basically game the system because you can game it pretty hard if you have like if you and ten of your boys get together and be like hey let's all pay five bucks for a year like yeah like, oh, yeah I, <laughs> I mean and which the same thing happens with. Um... With uh, Nintendo Switch Online family plans and and all that kind of stuff, communities yeah. pop up. Mm-hmm. You, every single time this happens, you know the people there's dedicated social circles just for maxing out these types of family plans. So <laughs> there is, and, and these convert these uh, it they convert to long term users, right? The first old you're gonna have people who maybe don't use Xbox are gonna join in now, right? I'm gonna have friends who don't have Game Pass. My brother and his boys. Uh, my nephews, they don't have Game Pass Ultimate, but now I'll be able to log in with the family account. They'll be able to get in get in on my account. It's a lot cheaper for both of us. They can try out some games, you know, as they get older. I can have, you know, my cousin do it too. That converts really well for Microsoft because then down the line, um, those people become long-term, you know, Xbox users. So uh, it's it's good deal. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, more news. Guess what, guys? There's more news. This one's really good. Uh, um, you know, obviously, uh, in the the land of mergers and acquisitions and and good stuff happening, we've talked about all the good stuff happening to Ubisoft and how they're just winning, you know, round after round after round of PR yeah. with all the good things happening over there. Um, <laughs> perfect, perfect timing for Tencent to come in and say, "Yeah, we're gonna take a bigger stake in Ubisoft." I think um, their current stake is like five percent. Yeah, they already have a five percent uh, stake, and they definitely want to get a bigger, um, a bigger, uh, a bigger cut of that pie. Uh, it's it's real interesting, you know. Um, look at that. they could offer up hundred dollars a share, uh, and you know bump that bump that up to let's see, it could bump up quite a bit. I don't know what that that translates to, but um, is this enough to help Ubisoft get a little bit of cash influx or? No, I think it's a predatory move for Tencent to be like, hey, 
We don't have any faith in you, but we want you, so we're just going to wait sure. until you guys just either, crash. Either that or they Tencent see something coming where Ubisoft is mm. going to get acquired and they want in on the ground floor while they're low mm. right now. Because all, all of the Ubisoft press over the past, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> has, been, has been pretty negative. And so that's that's driven down. Actually, hold on. Before I just like spout random shit based on my gut feeling, <laughs> let's look at let's look at the Ubisoft stock price over the Their past. Their share is nine dollars. Um, nice. That's what yeah, it but, says when I Google it. Yeah, but what is it down over the past six months? Um, it's down seventeen percent over the set past six months. It actually jumped uh, a, quite jumped a bit, up, yeah. probably because of the investment. In, <laughs> oh yeah, look at that! It coincides with the investment from Tencent. Um, <laughs> So we'll ignore that part and say that what it was before, which was like $8.15, which would have put it down closer to negative 20% over the past six months. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm if I'm Tencent, I look at that, I look at the trend, um, the existing rumors about them looking for, a, potentially looking for a buyer or buyers potentially looking at Ubisoft um, and... It just makes sense to have more of it so that when it gets scooped up and they announce a per share price, Tencent makes a little profit off of it. Um, or potentially gets involved in the, in, in the acquisition. Who knows? Uh, well, if, but well, Tencent with League, with like all their League IP stuff that they're doing doing now, they, they do really interesting things by like mm-hmm. letting other studios develop games in yeah. their world. So like potentially, because so they, the, they have the League... MMO being worked on. They have the League action RPG being worked on. They have the League fighting game being worked on. There's potential for Ubisoft to jump in and like help in any of those. So, yeah, it's it seems it's just a really strategic thing because they're always pretty like decisive with who they choose to like invest in. So, yeah. But at the same time, it always feels like there's never too many pies for ten cents fingers. Right, to... they're in every <laughs> everything. Yeah. Ten. There could be ten, ten fingers. At ten least. At least ten, at least ten hundred. Ten hundred. Ten hundredths. Um. And I think one uh, real nice bit of bit of news that we should all all be thankful for. Um, Cock. We should be thankful for cock. Or is it Coke? Uh, well, it's certainly something. Cock yeah. or Coke. It's neither anymore. It's neither <laughs> anymore <laughs> because now it's play on, player. That's by the way, the name of the podcast is play on, player. Um, so doesn't, uh, is it, doesn't this feel so much like a really mediocre decision that somebody spent a shit ton of money paying the <laughs> yeah. company to come up with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yes. That's uh, what it sure feels like. Oh, somebody, man. And they settled, They just settled on play on. Oh, It's just oh. the worst. It's it so is, bad. It is such a startup waiting to get acquired yeah. in 20, it, 2011, no, no, no. 2012. It no, definitely, this, this, this they definitely already did. Like, yeah, it yeah. definitely has <laughs> like... Their, their next pr- product is going to be on like uh, Kickstarter, Indiegogo. <laughs> Have you seen yep. the 
the design document for the Pepsi logo, like oh, yeah. describing, was... like yeah. this is very much that, and I love it. It's just like it's like the triangle angles represent how gamers come together and able to turn. The, like, it's just like it's just so, I I love it. The looping within it is the gravitational pull that the logo has <laughs> towards consumers. Let me see what I hear. I'll get a close-up of this logo here. There it's, it is. It's, it's we made a pun about playing video games. And it's a play symbol, and it's uh, it's looping on itself. Is, it's it, is, it, is, it supposed to, is it supposed to be a letter P in the middle or a flag? Yes. Yeah. Oh, a little bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs> It reminds me of something. Has, uh, yeah. It's the OnLive logo. Just yes, that's the, what yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my it's god. It's a uh, dude. Yeah. All right, you ready? Here, I'm gonna stop sharing this so that I can share this guy right here. Uh, bam! There it is. <laughs> You're so true. <laughs> It's the uh, online logo. Oh all right, God. let's make these. Let's, let's make the lines a little thicker, and yeah. and e just put a little eraser in the middle, and we can make yeah. that a P. Okay. Yeah. Uh, They're probably make thinking, it, you know, make no it one's green. using that on logo anymore, so we can use it. Yeah. <laughs> the kids like uh, kids like that Morbius movie. What about a Morbius strip? Yeah, yeah. It was an attempt was made. It looks like a play button. We can yeah. start. We can... <laughs> well, there you Kids go. Sure like Morbin. More... Kids <laughs> sure like Morbin. Maybe they'll like playing. Play play on. Play on. Oh, Peloton. Yeah. <laughs> it is a weird um, weird logo, to say the least. But, uh, yeah. So there you go. There you go, uh, Taylor. All the, uh, all the news that you care about. I'm sure there was more stuff. <clears throat> But uh, that's all I cared to actually. Nothing, not, yeah, I was going to say nothing that I care about. Nothing that you care about. I, ooh, I'll mention something just randomly. Okay. Evo this year is actually really good. I'm, oh, it's been so dumb. I'm shocked. Play, PlayStation's Evo? I'm yeah. shocked at how good it is. I didn't think PlayStation uh, or Sony would be able to like pull something off. But hey. I didn't think to... anybody was going to care enough, to be quite honest. Um <laughs> Or care to, or care about the right things, I should say, is maybe mm. more accurate. Um, well, there are some things to complain about for sure. Though. Sure, there's a lot of there's a lot of ads, which is very Sony. <laughs> but hey, yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's Sony running it on the first time. They've been, you know, the the organization has just kind of been bleeding money because of uh, because of COVID. Um, so that's been harder than usual. But yeah, but also it's. It, they kind of killed it. I'm actually, I was. It's be, it's better ran than it's been ran for the last couple of years, which is like really uh, a lot to say. Because um, Evo has been going downhill since the head guy stepped down, and the two twins who were involved stepped away and did their own game studio. The guys who are working on the league fighting game. Um, they're kind of back and involved in different ways, and it's just like all the people are back in different capacities and not having to like carry the burden of it now. So yeah, the people who care are there and it's just, it's, it's good. And all these games having rollback has also been a really good thing too. Cause the compet, cause like the, the competition is super high 
people can play these games online from home and not have to go to tournaments, you know. Uh, so it's been fun to watch that just kind of blossom. Uh, it's been really cool. I've enjoyed it a lot. So that's a. Cool. And they announced a new Fatal Fury, so that's all I care about. They announced a new Fatal True. Fatal Fury, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's move on uh, to games that we have been gaming, and there is uh, there is quite a lot, uh, yep. quite a lot. So, um, who wants to who wants to go first? I know everybody's been uh, been playing something something crazy. Um, you know what? Here, I'm gonna let me do this one. I'm going to nominate someone who hasn't maybe been on the show in a while to talk about the talk about the games that they're that they're gaming and that would be um, our good friend me uh, Sam oh. <clears throat> oh boy I'm looking for the trailer for this one but uh, yeah. <laughs> oh okay so we're going to start with that uh yeah so um known as well, actually, I don't even know that. Uh, I was going to say Resident Gotcha Gamer, but I'm not sure that that's accurate. Um, but uh, uh, let's say uh, open world-ish Gotcha players. Uh, Tower Fantasy, a new action-adventure MMO RPG uh, Gotcha game uh, coming out on PC and mobile uh, August 10th. Uh, 11th, 11th. Oh, August 11th? Oh, yeah. maybe preload is August 10th. My yes, bad. Like that, yeah. um, okay, mm -hmm. sorry. Yeah, I thought it was August 9th to August 10th. But yeah, okay. So, um, yeah. Uh, it is, uh, as you would expect, um, anime-ish inspired, uh, more futuristic-ish, um, sort of Ish. modern technology <laughs> mixed with future technology and obviously magic. <laughs> Um, and, uh, the gotcha in this game is weapons, um, characters are weapons, uh, and you make your own character, but then you can augment your character's looks and stuff with these weapons that you get through these gotcha, um, you basically rotate through weapons as if they are characters, uh, and yeah, um, got to play a little bit of it this weekend, um, Seems fun. I uh, didn't dive too much into it because I will be checking it out uh, once it does, in fact, get released. Um, but it's interesting. Uh, a lot more fast-paced combat. Um, a lot more combat focused from what I've seen so far. Didn't get to try any of the multiplayer, which is going to be, I think, the bigger draw for this mm -hmm. because it seems like you can do a lot of the content um, Uh in multiplayer uh, and it seems that it will just drop you out of your team real quick for you to do that sort of non-multiplayer allowed content and then it pulls you right back in as soon as you're done with that team so um didn't get to it experience any of that uh they did have uh it seems like they're gonna have like sort of destiny style world events um in this game too because it is a sort of mmo um so you are able to see other characters out there on the map um that are on the same server and same sort of like world as you. So uh, it's interesting. Uh, that multiplayer, I think, is going to be the important thing. Um, it does allow cross save through PC and mobile. Um, you know, I think the big question, especially is me as resident Genshin expert. Um, <laughs> uh Right now, I don't know that it's as interesting as something like that, um, but 
again, that multiplayer, because um, the problem with Genshin is you can do very limited activities together with other players. Um, if you can do story content or, you know, let's say even like 60% of the world content with other players in Tower of Fantasy, I think mm-hmm. it's a big draw um, to this game. And obviously, again, as I said with Genshin all the time, the ability that you can cross-save between PC and mobile, um, pretty big. Uh, and it is at yeah. iOS and Android. Um, my only big complaint right now is controller support isn't fully there yet. Uh, you can play like 90% of the... or I would say probably about 75% of the game with a controller... Um, but a lot of the menuing and all that stuff right now, you still require either touching your screen or using a mouse and keyboard. So um, keep that in mind as you're playing. <laughs> so there's some stuff to build here. Uh, this is the world version of this game. I believe it's been out in China for a while. Okay. Um, maybe not too long, maybe just a couple of months, but it's been out somewhere else for um, at least a couple of months now. So It's interesting how absolutely... Uh, you know how I don't say absolutely, but how the gotcha style games have really evolved over the the last few years, especially with the popularity of stuff like um, uh, in Tower of Fantasy and other things that um, Genshin Impact. You know, it, it's yeah. they're no longer these two D puzzle, you know, style gotchas. The puzzle, you know, puzzle quest or match three stuff, they're full on giant games to the point where the game that I was playing before, Xenoblade, I'm still playing Xenoblade 2, has a considerable gotcha oh aspect God. to it. But uh, it, it was not, a, it was not a good part of that. <laughs> not, a good, not a good choice, I tell you. Um, but you know, they, they've obviously evolved over the years and they're, they're definitely stuff that's, that's much more enjoyable. Well, so. MiHoYo has two of them working themselves. Zenless yeah. Zone Zero had a beta test this weekend, uh, oh, and they've okay. also got another one of the uh, what is it, Star Rail? That's in their other yeah, yeah. franchises uh, cool. world. So it's yeah, I, these continue to grow. Um, this will be interesting. Um, we'll see if it can carve a niche sure. out here. Um, uh, I'm mm. not sure if it's going to be on if it has its own launcher, if it's on Steam or Epic. Um, but yeah, uh, August 10th or 11th, one of those two, something like that, <laughs> uh, free to play, you know, all, all of these free to start sort of games and the season yeah. passes and battle passes and all that sort of stuff. You sort of know what you're getting yourself into. Sure. Um, with those going into free to play, but free to start. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, those are, that's the kind words that Nintendo usually uses yeah. Yeah. all yeah. of their stuff. Yeah, so it'll be on Steam and Epic. I just looked it up. Well, there you go. Um, So maybe, hey, deck supported, which Genshin currently isn't, question mark. I wouldn't count on it. (laughs) Hey, uh, well, if you need a a controller and some touchscreen inputs and stuff like that, what a perfect device to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Worst case, you could always emulate emulate an Android device on there if they don't block that. Because that'll yeah. probably work. Uh, the only other thing I have been playing, basically, is the Steam Deck. Um, oh, well, I guess it's been a while mm. since I've been on here. I have uh, 100%ed the uh, Hot Wheels DLC for... Nice! Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. man. 
So I apologize to everybody who plays that DLC in the future. Um, it's like, oh, nice, high speed, and I'm up yeah. by like a hundred. Uh, but that was great. Um, that continues to be awesome. Uh, there's a reason I 100%ed it. Um, really enjoy that game. Now I just have to wait until Forza releases the next DLC already. Um, so anticipating that. Uh, and then yeah, it's just been mostly poking around with the Steam Deck still. Um, I've recently found out that there was an update maybe a little bit ago that borked the ability to do desktop mode correctly. Um, so you have to like go and play the games in desktop mode as opposed to playing it um, just in the sort of games mode, just in big screen mode. So I had to go to the desktop to launch games there, and that sort of solved some issues. Um, and still just kind of poking around. Steam Deck, again, I think is a great tool. Um, not a for-everybody device yet. Steam Deck 2 is going to be great for that, hopefully, uh, if it ever gets there. Um, and I'm still waiting for Dual Boot also, because I would love to be playing Forza on that device. I can through streaming, but um, not built in, because I have Forza through Games Pass, and it's Windows only, baby. So Baby! Disappointing, nice. but yeah. I've um, been playing a lot, um, you know, it's summer, so trying to live up summer before I, I don't get hurt from again through fall and winter. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. All right. what? Uh, who wants to go next? Uh, how about JJ? JJ, you want JJ. We'll save the big game for yeah. the end. <laughs> That's the uh, Taylor left. Taylor's going to get this. I don't want to talk. Because just knows that, like, uh... <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll I'll end on my uh, the review code. I'll start sure, with sure, sure. Uh, I picked up uh, just for shits and giggles. I picked up Doom Eternal on the Switch. I also got that because it's yeah, like twenty bucks for the deluxe yeah. edition, yeah. like with the okay. DLC and everything. So I was like, yeah, all right, nice. this will be fun and interesting. And uh, yeah, I, I that's fine. It's ugly. It's fine. It's, it's fine. Yeah, ugly it's, like, as hell. it's fine. Yeah. But yeah. it plays really well. Like it's a consistent frame rate throughout, which is a sad thing that you have to say uh, yeah. <laughs> with, with yeah. some of these yeah. ports on the Switch. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah no, I, was, I was pleasant. I'm actually pleasantly surprised. In handheld mode, it's really nice. It's like it is. On actually, the that's the way I've been and, playing yeah. it too. Yeah. I, I, I put it on my. Yeah. yeah, I put it on mm. uh, the dock for like just to play for a minute. I'm like, nope. <laughs> absolutely not no, no, no way uh you know especially coming from like playing it on like the series x which oh, yeah. you know that's yeah. the fucking you know 4k bullshit that they let them i'm i'm always curious <clears throat> to understand uh in in cases like this how the sales are for stuff like yeah. eternal and wolfenstein and all that kind of stuff on the switch because they keep pumping those games out the bethesda had a really good partnership with Nintendo to put those games. Yeah, because you've got like yeah. all like Doom, Doom Eternal, and Wolfenstein Two are all like yeah, yeah. on there. Elder Scrolls and, was on yeah, there with like a, a native yeah. version, and and with else. and, and uh, yeah, mm. Skyrim had like Link DLC in it. Yeah, <laughs> so um, Master Shield and, and, in there. Yeah, and yeah. um. And limited run is doing like a crazy yeah. uh, collector's edition for Doom Eternal Switch edition. Like it's a better collector's edition than the mm -hmm. one that like came out previously. It's <laughs> like it's yeah, it's weird. Um, 
I, I also have been playing, uh, I, I found a translated version of Pictologica, the Final Fantasy Picross game that never came out in America. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Uh, it's it's old. It's like you can't even get it on mobile devices anymore, and it never came out. I think it, I remember that game. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I mean, it's Jupiter. It's not like yeah, it, it's, yeah. it's 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 an it's a Picross game, and it has like RPG elements in it and everything. Where you're like unlocking stuff, and it's just listen. I will take Picross any way I can get it. And this uh, this was a way that I haven't played it before, and I was all in. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. It's uh, mm -hmm. why don't they release the theater rhythm games on oh, the Switch? I don't know. See, I started playing the uh, theater rhythm again uh, recently, and mm -hmm. I was just like, fuck, this this legit needs it's to be so good. a Switch game. Like the button controls work really well. I mean, the closest and... theater rhythm game is the new Kingdom Hearts thing, which is yeah. somewhat. Yeah. I yeah. yeah. Uh, the Dragon Quest one that never came over here is really is really. Oh man, good. that's one I always yeah. wanted. Yeah. And it's, like it has, it's crazy. There's a bunch of RPG stuff in there. Yeah, and it's funny that um, the f curtain call or whatever it was for the mm -hmm. the 3DS version, like the DLC has like some crazy, like that has live alive music in it, like <laughs> like well before it was ever coming out to America. So. Uh, it's, it's, I like I like that game a lot, but yeah, I'm playing that uh, Pictologica. But um, I guess I could talk about the game that I actually got yeah. as, a, as a review code. Let's do uh, it. Yeah, uh, another retro game uh, sent my way. Uh, uh, it's called Avenging Spirit. Uh, it's an old arcade release from 1991 in Japan. It's called Phantasm. Most mm. Americans oh, would probably yes. know it. Most mm. Americans would probably re remember it more for the Game Boy game that came out. That one was, it was an earlier Game Boy game, uh, 1992, that has the absolute, one of the most, uh, like, deceiving box arts uh, of the time, where <laughs> it's just like a gangster with a Tommy gun and a spotlight. And that is, uh, to be fair, there is gangsters in the game but uh not not like how it's presented here uh so this uh, avenging spirit this is a studio that is playing fast and loose with the concept of a like classic game or even a cult classic game this really does feel like it's a weird cash grab on a license that they have for old games because nobody has really any um affinity for avenging spirit um, the story goes as such, you are killed by the mafia. No, uh, they kidnap cool. your, they kidnap your girlfriend. Her father resurrects you as a ghost because he There's is a paranormal a right investigator. Yeah. yeah. You're a parent because he's a paranormal investigator. <clears throat> and so at the beginning of the game, you're presented with mob psycho. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, you are presented with four characters and you possess one of the characters and that's your starting character. You get their power set. Um, and then once you're in that power set, you get, that's how you're going around these levels. Um, you have two health bars. You have the health bar of the character you've uh, possessed and the uh -huh. health bar of your ghost. Uh, when your character uh, 
that you've possessed dies. You have to find another character to take over. And uh, you also have limited time. Your health bar is slowly draining when you're outside of a host. So if you're as, as a ghost, when it gets to nothing, you, do, you die even more. Uh, I guess. Uh, game hmm. over. Um, and it's a good idea. It, it's just, it's, it's pitifully easy of a game, especially for an arcade game. Um, you can beat it relatively quickly a couple of hours if you're mm -hmm. like bad at it um and it's really forgiving with like the continues and everything uh uh it, it's it's it, the most interesting thing this game has going for it is sort of a, a metroidvania kind of idea where there are certain areas you can't get to unless you possessed a certain enemy um mm -hmm. And there are one of the most, and it has one of those very, very, very cruel features. Uh, you'll see in some of the screenshots, uh, there are three keys under your health bar. Oh, they're right there. It showed it. Uh, there are three keys hidden in random stages. I know what stages they are in. They are in stages two, five, and six. Spoilers. If, yes. <laughs> if you don't get those keys, you get the bad ending. Uh, there is no, there's no real hint hmm. that this, there's multiple endings. You have to get all three keys to get the good ending. There's either uh, a bad ending or a good ending is what you're saying. Yes. And you oh. have to find all three hidden keys in those three particular stages to get the good ending. Um, and it's just one of those things where you'll get to the end of the game and not realize that's what the keys were for. And you'll get the depressing ending. Um, but, uh, I will say one thing that I like about this game is that they do this release, not this game. I'm going to say that I really don't care for this game. It's, mm -hmm. it's easy. It's, it's a cool concept that it doesn't, that, um, like Kirby does it better. You know, it's basically mm -hmm. the same thing. Like it's and Kirby's absorbing. for babies. Kirby's for babies. And so is this game. <laughs> um, but it does give you a lot of features. Uh, you get to, you get, you can choose, um, do you want to play the Japanese version of Phantasm where it's just the Japanese arcade release, or do you want to play Avenging Spirit, the English release? And it has like two different sort of like play styles, which I could not for the life of me figure out what the difference is as all I can tell was if you hmm. choose like, there's like one that says it's like playing it at home. It's like playing it as if it was intended to be a home release. Uh, but it's one player only. And if you choose the arcade version, you it's you can have two players and it gives you access to all of the arcade dip switch stuff. So you can go into the menus and change the dip switches, difficulties and, and, and continues and all that kind of stuff. And that seems to be the only big difference. It also has a lot of um, filter options. Everyone hates mm. scan lines, but the way they handle it on this is kind of like cute because like you get to adjust the intensity of the scan lines and also the curvature mm. of the screen. Mm. Uh which I always like the curvature of the screen stuff like trying to really simulate uh a really bad dingy arcade game uh like as if nobody's really worked on it for 25 years or something. Uh and it really, you can actually simulate that pretty well in the options for this. But um, other than that, I think it's a good Switch game because it's like 10 bucks and portable and like just a cute little 
excursion uh the game boy cartridge if you tried to get the game boy version of this game uh just the original uh cart of it it's like a hundred dollar game now so oh wow but this doesn't include the game boy version i kind of wish it did i don't know why it doesn't because uh, the game boy version it actually replicates this game really 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 well like the first stage is almost a one-to-one -one recreation just on a game boy it's really impressive uh but it's not in there uh, it was on the 3DS Virtual Console, so if you have a access that way, I guess. But uh, mm -hmm. also, you know, but um, yeah, it, it's 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 a good little portable arcade game for a cheap entry level. But I can't imagine like wanting to play this on like a PlayStation Five. It just seems like a waste of time and energy. Sure. Like. <laughs> It's, My Xbox Series X. Yeah. Boot up this weird old arcade game that nobody cares about. Like it's not like this feels like it should be in a compilation before it's in a like a standalone thing. Uh, it's like I said, it's a great little Switch thing. That's what I've been mm -hmm. playing it on. That's what the code was for. Um, okay. Because the Switch is the Switch really is designed for this kind of stuff. Like. The arcade stuff that's on there feels natural because it's just a little just the switch is just this little guy, it's just a little guy playing little games. It's fun, uh, but I, it's just an unmemorable game. And I, sure, uh, unless you're just a hardcore uh, retro gaming enthusiast, uh, there's no reason to pick this up. It's not worth. You're not gonna like get a glimpse of video gaming past or anything. It's it's not like uh, it's like oh this was an important game in the mm -hmm. history of Jalico. Uh, no, but <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's it's not. It's it's it, it was a good Game Boy game, and absolutely nobody in North America remembers the arcade version. I've never sure. been in an arcade in the last twenty years and seen an Avenging Spirit cabinet like propped up in like a right. old time arcade or anything. So there's definitely a guy on YouTube who is way too excited about this game, though. Oh like, yeah, no, this is like, this yeah. There's usually more than one. There's yeah, usually more than one. <laughs> I, I, that's why I always have a hard time, like really digging into some of the older games, because especially with older games, there it is somebody's absolute favorite game of all time, and it's like, yeah, power to you, but this does just not do it for me in any way. That's well, it. that's all I have to say about Avenging Spirit. <laughs> well, I have a game that uh, <clears throat> that I actually got for review, so I put the call out. <clears throat> um, sorry, clear my throat. A lot of Avenging Spirit information. I put the call out for um, <laughs> indies, right? And I actually got a, a good good response from a few different indie developers. I'm going to talk about the first one here, and I'll try to space them out over the next uh, the next couple episodes as well. Um, the first game uh, is uh, that I want to show here. Let me get this thing loaded up. It's called <laughs> Video Game Fables, and it's by Momiji Studios. So. Um, let me share this right here. So what video this game, game looks really is, cool. <clears throat> it is a very much sort of this experimental uh, turn-based RPG. And I'm, I'm, I'm heavy on the experimental part because let me preface this. I'm going to pause this right here. It's kind of cool. Uh, the game takes place in uh, an abandoned RPG. Like people have stopped playing this game. So no one's going to this RPG world. So the typical loop of rescuing the princess uh, as the hero um, has sort of dried up. And now the princess is kind of sick of it. So she gets captured by this evil alligator dude 
this enemy. Um, she ends up escaping because she's 2D and the world is sort of 3D-ish, so she just flips sideways oh. Super Mario style and slips through the screen, baby, which is kind of, slips through the, the jail cell and goes back to the uh, kingdom. And everyone's like, wait, you, you, you can't be here. What are you doing here? She's like, I just kind of got bored. There's a hero, whatever. Um, it reminds me visually a lot. Of, so Tater is the little, like the little henchman kid uh, oh. to this alligator, Tater yeah. Gator. Um, <clears throat> every in, in a weird way, everybody's been kidnapped because this whatever the princess did, whatever other stuff happened, the script has been sort of flipped. So you're this, you're now teaming up the princess with um, Tater. And uh, this guy that the princess meets, this kind of wagoneer or whatever, um, along the way. And you have the same three party members all the time. So it's a turn-based fight, a turn-based uh, RPG. Um, visually, it's very, it's meant to look very kind of retro and basic. I don't know if that's, let me say, I don't know if that's on purpose or not. It may have just been a lot of Unity assets that they're using because this game is made in Unity. And it's mostly like, one two people i believe that made this um this game looks so cool <clears throat> it is it's really interesting because they're they're bashing i mean they bash a bunch of different video game genres together into this into this idea of uh, 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 rpg genres i guess um so I'm gonna, let me pause it right there so you have uh you traverse the world the world's in 3d there's other aspects where it goes isometric there's like weird little car racing things that are that are built in there i'm only like six seven hours into the game five six hours into the game so um i haven't unlocked a whole ton of stuff uh, plot wise but uh it's sort of this weird loot based um system of uh well first of all your xp is shared amongst the group so you get xp everybody gets the xp and then it's also shared on your character and your character skill set and your weapons and and in order to unlock more skills you got to basically spend xp and the in-game gold or whatever and then you can start to open up build up your character stats all that kind of stuff um the game wants you to uh try out a bunch of different skills but you there's only three characters and you settle really quickly on what you like skills wise so you don't ever end up like I've basically used the same starting skill sets because nothing else really worked for me. And I've kind of given them essentially this job. You can kind of set up, set up different weapons, that kind of stuff um, that stuck with me the whole time. And I haven't changed it because it's, it got really comfortable really quickly. And I, I kind of think that a lot of people will do the same thing. They'll, they'll get real comfortable real quick with what their builds are for these guys. And, and that's it. Um, <clears throat> but you can see on the screen here, can you see my, my, my cursor floating yes. around here? Okay, uh, this is your HP. Um, there's the timeline, so the battle timeline along here, and it depends on how, basically how quickly you select your attacks, how quickly you do things. You can place stuff on the timeline. Stuff goes in order. You can see, all right, this character. Th here's the, the three heroes right here. You have sort of the enemies. Oh, look, this one has one of the heroes, or formerly a bad guy hero, and one of the enemies are going to kind of battle off here and square off. So your goal is to kind of be you know, more powerful, better, whatever. It's it's kind of got this little rock, paper, scissors thing built into it, which is pretty neat. Um, if you land a critical hit, you can see you store your critical hit here on this little this little 
box. So you get the critical hit, and then you can actually use that critical hit as a more powerful secondary attack. It's it's kind of an interesting method of critical hit is good, but then you also get you also get to use it kind of twice. Um, and that's basically a turn based, very easy to understand from that standpoint. Um, it's just that. It, again, it really wants you to try a lot of the different stuff in the game. Uh, and it ends up falling um, in that zone where you get, again, you get real comfortable really quick on what you like doing. And then just to enhance some of the, uh, by the way, that this is all taking place mid battle. So like the, there's just like a weird, weird crap going on. Um, like, the loot aspect to get the materials, which you have to, there's like a whole cooking sub as, sub aspect <laughs> of this game. Um, the RNG, I guess, to get those materials is a little bit off. Like it can be really difficult to get some of the stuff that you want to get. Uh, the towns are really small. <clears throat> um, but I know I'm, I'm like not sold on some, some aspects. I think because I'm really comfortable on some things, but the overall concept of this game is really interesting from everything that it's trying to do. Like there was that, the indie game Evo land was it Evo land. I think it was where you kind of start off as like a pixel. And then eventually you get to like more and more um, develop from a game standpoint where you get to like, you go from like one bit game to like, you know, 64 bit game or whatever. Here's by the way, this is the character uh, screen where you're selecting the, their weapons, their shields, uh, accessories, where where to put the strength, what to you know, what to uh, develop. You got the whole parties level. You kind of again, it's a shared XP, so you can do stuff that way. Um, uh, it reminds me of that Evo Land game where you're it's slowly revealing more and more about what this game is. Again, it starts off as this is the starting town. It starts off as like this real basic idea of this turn based game, but the more you play the more just wacky stuff that the dev team is, is throwing in there to really kind of get you to break the idea of what an RPG is by really pushing those classic RPG tropes on the player. So um, it's really interesting. Again, I'm like four or five hours into the game right now, just kind of a lot of grindy, very grindy to get. I guess that's maybe the turnoff. Very grindy to get what you want to get. And that's why I think I've fallen into... Um, and there, that was the, <laughs> that was the part of the, the method of, of, you know, cracking open, doing some mining for some of the loot is it's, <laughs> it's actually a neat idea. The little thing goes across, you try to get it in this uh, yellow part or in the, you know, depending on where you land in there is, is the kind of stuff you get. And then you have to land it over here or else you're going to miss out on some good, good loot, but, um, super interesting. Again, don't know how incredible okay, there's fishing, there's fishing, fishing, uh, baby. Fishing, baby JJ. I if there's farming, I don't know if I've if I've gotten to farming yet. Um, but I think the farming would put it over for for Zach more than likely. But uh, yeah, <laughs> an interesting, real interesting idea. <clears throat> Definitely messes with those tropes. It's another one of those games that messes with typical RPG tropes, but definitely breaks that fourth wall um, in that respect. So I, I'm I'm curious to see how it goes as I as I play along a little bit further, but it's an indie game and I generally support indies because they are really creative. And this game is definitely creative. Not a big fan of the visual style. Cause yeah, you can see the text right there. It just seems like a box floating in space, but um, hey. yeah, check it out. That's called soul. 
It's called <laughs> That Soul. But yeah, if you're interested in like checking out really cool indies, this is a game to. Um, it's very again very easy to understand. Just be ready to to grind a bit to get what you want out of it. That's it. That's what cool. I got. I've been playing a, a Xenoblade game, but I'm not going to talk about the Xenoblade game because y'all about a Xenoblade. Come to me game. first, because I got other things to talk about. Then we can do Xenoblade. Okay, okay, go ahead. You go first before Xenoblade. Okay, uh, I haven't been on the show for a while, so it's two weeks. So I got stuff to Maybe talk more, talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's see. I got Demon Throttle, which is oh, the then yeah. arcade game that came out that's digital, and that's physical, right? physical only i have two copies yeah. uh one's just sitting in the the shrink shrink wrap here yep. is i don't know if you can see i see but it. they, it's like a reverse cover and they even have a an instruction booklet in here nice and all stuff so yeah it's really cool uh it's a really hard game it is a bullet held like scroller uh hey there it is uh, rpg it's so and what's really interesting about it is it's a one token game so you basically if you die you die you start from the start you start from the very beginning but what's interesting is the care you have two characters if you're playing by yourself you control both you control the cowboy guy who has like a machine gun you control the demon girl who has a crossbow and they both have different rates of fire they, they both move differently and they both act they, they, they're just different characters but what's cool is you can level them up as you're playing so you get xp from killing demons and you as if you're playing by yourself you want to switch between both of them get power-ups that you keep throughout the whole run so as these powers drop you're like okay the cowboy clive is better with this and and the demon needs a better rate of fire so i'm gonna switch to her grab this so as you play you learn who needs what and it's just really fun and exciting um yeah it's just super hard i probably i think i've made it halfway through i haven't beaten the beaten the game game yet but it's just really fun to play uh it's it's really it's 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 not it's not a punishing game like it doesn't it doesn't suck to like lose because you learn the patterns and you can like go go back and just kind of you know win um it's only on switch right it's only on switch um i think it's on amazon you can get it on there because but yeah it's Featuring Very the sidequesting.com logo. Yes, it has the sidequesting.com logo, not not sponsored. Um, it's just really good, and the writing's really funny. The music's crazy good. The aesthetic is killer. Like they, their CRT filter is really, really good. It just kind of elevates the game. Uh, yeah, it's just it's really unique. Uh, it's great. I'm definitely gonna beat it before the year is over. Because it's just like I have that itch to go back, mm-hmm. but there's been other things I wanted once wanted to play. Uh, but yeah, so definitely uh, get it if you can. If you see it, I don't know, buy my copy, sixty bucks. Um, you know, hey. Um, I also have the stickers on my bottle. They put a bunch of stickers. Nice. Put them on my bottle. 
anime <laughs> stickers stickers too but yeah there's a bunch of things i, think I also I ordered my copy like last year when they first announced it it's only gonna be physical i'm like all right crap i'm gonna i'm gonna buy yeah. it and i've forgotten about it and all of a sudden i get the <laughs> notification it's like it's out for delivery what's out for delivery <laughs> human throttle cool <laughs> it's really good uh yeah, looks cool uh yeah so that live a live live alive live evil whatever live you want to call live it alive. that I, game is I, I i looked it up because i needed to know officially what it is and it's live alive, is yeah. it live alive? Oh. Okay. so live alive is really good um i haven't played enough of it but it's really good play it yeah That's i'm it. in the same boat <laughs> I, I think i mentioned in, in the chat in our discord uh by the way join the discord i mentioned that um i love that it's <clears throat> these kind of short two to three hour scenarios which works for me i mean definitely do the uh do the demo um the demo will <laughs> tell you if you like it or not <laughs> yeah because you get you get two of the scenarios right there and they're two very different <clears throat> excuse me um the demo will tell you if you like it or not it's definitely you definitely see a lot of um you see it as a predecessor to a lot of genres. Like it, it mixes like strategy in there. It mixes the interweaving paths of like something like Octopath and other stuff on there. Yeah. It's the, the combat's yeah. really cool. Um, there it's like, it's active time battle, but it's on yeah. a grid. So your yeah. console, like you move and the enemy moves and you're kind of just kind of like in this like constant shuffle and the different characters have different, kind of genres that they yeah. exist in yeah. of game of like, yeah. of yeah. like, just like gameplay in general, like there's a wrestler who's kind of a blue mage. Like he gets hit by an attack and he learns the attack. He wants to be the best fighter. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah. And eventually he'll join. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> eventually he'll join your party. So you're like, Hey, I need yep. to make him, you know, cool. So yeah, it's just really fun. The cool. Western one's really fun. Learning how to angle shots as you're moving around this board. Uh, there's even one that's like, has no combat. It's just like based thousands of years in the future after the game kind of happens and you're just this robot looking back in the past of what happened and it's just it's really cool it's really experimental it's really strange that it even got this treatment um so yeah definitely yeah, support it it's 50 bucks which is mm -hmm. you know not cheap i guess but it's cheap for what it is mm -hmm. um but yeah that game's cool Oh, wait, uh, uh, question from Playland. He said, did they give a reason for physical only for Demon Throttle? Yes, they did. The answer is... Because it's cool. Because. Because, yeah, no. <laughs> because. Um, I think it's just because it's cool. Like, yeah. let's do let's do something. Like, like, like it. Do it. Uh, Doinksoft, the, these guys, I know them personally. They're really um, interesting dudes. They used to work at... Who, made, who took Cave Story... Um, I hate this developer. Nicholas. Nicholas. Nicholas yeah. Yes, they oh, used to work yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. They used to work in the indie game sweatshop, as they call it. <laughs> and they, yeah, they broke out, made uh, Gato Probato, which is a mech cat Metroidvania. A, yeah, I then, love that game. I love that game's it. great. Yeah. So and then they made this, and they have another one coming out end of this year about a assassin that uses an umbrella um that's gonna not that's just oh, gonna be yeah. on everything uh, yeah. yeah so they're just they're just really good about taking really interesting ideas and just making a game about it they even have a mobile game i forget what it's called mm -hmm. uh but yeah they, they're just really smart um anyways continue they, yeah next anyways game. so next game is my review game actually that yeah, i have so let me show you my <laughs> screen 
screen one. No, I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. Hold on. There we Fucking bleed. Oh. Okay. Here we go. So. <laughs> part the. Part the. So, Room 55. Part one. No, but you'll, yeah, you you'll miss... get the vibe. So, Room Factory 5 is a game I played on the Switch that I actually just hated it on the Switch just due to it just being a bad performing playing game. Um, and playing it on the PC made me say, hey, this game isn't that bad until it eventually got bad. We'll yeah. get to that. So, what, what I have to say is they did good by making it load fast. It's got 4K resolution. It's got un unlocked frame frame rate. Um, it's really interesting how the Switch version is just so botched down to like, it goes down to like 20 frames a second. Like someone did a test and it's like the time, the actual game clock runs slower in the Switch version because the frame rate goes down so slowly. Like it like, it just like, <laughs> the game down so low is like like the game runs at like 0.25 percent slower than it would on the pc which is it, it's crazy so days daytimes are longer because the game runs worse um yeah so it's just really weird in the switch version the game like loads twice sometimes and kind of like is really it's it's crazy um they did good but uh-oh uh-oh Everything else kind of sucks. So like, <laughs> like, like everything is kind of a downgrade from Rune Factory Four. Rune Factory Four is this kind of like penultimate conclusion of this kind of genre. The, the genre is called the Bokujo genre. It's like the, the the life sim farming genre. Um, and Rune Factory was always the sci-fi fantasy offshoot of Harvest Moon, story of story of seasons, and they would add things and tweak things each iteration that felt interesting i honestly haven't played the first two or three games in the series two there's an offshoot one on the ps ps3 but i played the fourth one and the third one and from three to four is huge before it's just kind of this like it just it's just a really good feeling game it has so much stuff as the farming feels good it's really fast paced and like it's like the combat is also really fun. A lot of RPG mechanics, learning magic, leveling up, you, you know, your skills. Like, hey, I'm going to focus on swords. Hey, I'm going to focus on hammers. I'm going to focus on fists. I'm going to focus on claymore. Like, leveling up of that, going through dungeons, finding things. Cool. Um, it's just, like, what I will say, in Rune Factory 5, the combat is good. It's serviceable. You press a button. You just kind of dodge. It's really easy whatever like it's a serviceable thing there is a mechanic where now it was like this before but now it's kind of more toned down where you can catch monsters kind of like pokemon they all have different abilities on the farm so it's like oh this cow thing is good at this 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 um fluffy thing is good at watering this good thing is good at carrying stuff so like you learn who's good who to put in your barn whatever it's serviceable. Farming is also easy. It's simple. It's like way more simplified than it was before. And but the big thing is the shift to 3D just kind of makes it feel weird. Like it's like it doesn't hit right. It's like it's gonna it's gonna need another 
iteration for it to finally land you know like the shift from from 2d to 3d well they went from 3d to 2d to 3d and it's just something is like off the the way you farm in these rune factory games if you're not aware is you can like stack your things up you can carry nine stacks of things like this and then you can lock on to your like bin where you where you like store stuff or like sell stuff and throw it so you so you're just like zooming through picking up stuff and throwing throwing shit going as fast as you can and it's fun it's like you're just like going crazy canceling stuff and like moving and that's really cool it doesn't feel as good as it does in four that and it has it does in five so it's like that's just just kind of kind of stinky um yeah and the story just kind of sucks like it's it I need something else now, I guess. I've, I've learned I need something else to kind of hook me with these farming games. Like, I need a story to kind of, like, keep me wanting to play. Like, there's just not really... I'm just kind of sitting here like, eh, I don't really care about these characters. All the characters are kind of... They kind of suck. No one's interesting, really. The only interesting guy is just, like, furry dude who runs and runs, like, a... A uh, what's the word? A hot hot springs. He's really cool. He's a guy I married because he's the only one I thought was interesting. I was like, I'm gonna <laughs> marry this guy. But like, that's it. Like, it's just like no one's just. It's just not for me. I am. I think that's it. I think I've kind of hit that wall with this series. Like, yeah, this just isn't for me. Um, and that kind of made me reexamine my like taste. Like. Like, am I just addicted to the farming or do I need something else? Am I addicted to like the incremental increasing kind of game gameplay? I think I'm more addicted to that, but I, I just need, I need something else to hook me in. So what I've come to the conclusion is of how do we fix this is just one, having a good, having just like a fun world to enjoy and really interesting twists on this genre. Like, Hey, Ooblets is a really good twist on this genre, by the way. The game is about to be out of early access, about to be finished in like a couple weeks. So that's cool. And what they do is you farm these little guys and you do dance parties and you fight and you just kind of get resources to rebuild this small town and like get other dudes to do dance parties and like build other parts of the world like it's just really interesting is the same farming incremental addiction that i need but there's something else there and i think that's what i need with the genre i'm just kind of over just hardcore focus on farming and combat type of thing if i want to do that stardew is there i'll just play play that again it's the perfect example of that kind of game and then Bear and Breakfast, this new game that came out, is actually another thing that's like, it's you get your resources and you build towards something. Bear and Breakfast, you run a bed and breakfast and you're a bear. Um, it's really interesting. There's a lot of weird, esoteric, Lovecraftian stuff happening in that game, too. It's a really fun story. Um, but essentially, you're running a bed and breakfast. You're organizing rooms and making things look pretty for guests. And it's just, it, it's that same for like farming kind of thing, getting resources and applying it to something else. Um, it's and you just get to see the number go up, get to see things get better. Interesting. But aesthetically, both of these games just look good. Like they, they're just fun to look at. Like Ooblets, like this is how this game looks. Like it's just fun. Like I want to live in this world. Like I want to farm. Like this is a farm. 
Hey, like this is the, this is from the Switch port, by the way. So look out for that. But yeah, this is like they even have your little dudes. Like these are your little guys that help you run your farm. They go and collect things for you, so you can just kind of like streamline everything in this game. And you know, and that's fun. It's fun to figure out ways to streamline things, grind for resources to apply to stuff, to level up, to get you know, just that whole thing. Um, and then Baron Breakfast, like this is this game is gorgeous. Like this is how like it's like a hand drawn kind of thing. There's cooking. You can it's I mean you run a bed and breakfast. You got to cook cook for your guests. It's fun to do that. Um, here's you know organizing a room, designing a room, building it out. Like and there's also a bunch of resources you have to collect to make that happen. And here's like a story. Here's a character, Eris, who you meet, this like really Lovecraftian kind of spiritual fox thing that you kind of encounter. Cause yeah, the story's just really, really cool. Um, but yeah, it's just I we need more games like these two to kind of for me at least to like make the the genre what I used to like. Like Harvest Moon, Story of Seasons, those games have moved away from what they used to be they're kind of becoming more that they're chasing the Stardew Valley. And then Rune Factory was the different one. And now it's kind of just like falling in on itself. It's not as iterative as I want it to be. And it's still like Stardew Valley. So they're like, why would I play this when I get to play Stardew? But like now it's like, why would I play that when I can play these other kind of imaginations of the same genre? So yeah, that's kind of, it and my thoughts on those. Nice. Um, but now we can go into the big one. Xenoblade. Yeah. This, uh, I guess Taylor the, can talk. The real meat. No, no. I'll, you start. And I'll, okay. So I'll, I'll try. I'll just, I'll just leave this in with saying Xenoblade 3 is really good. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so good that I can't believe it's, a real game like that, that that's just kind of how i feel i'm just like whoa like this is it feels special to me but it's really special because xenoblade one is a very good game but not until 40 hours in you know 40 hours in, you're like oh shit like this is cool xenoblade 2 the same thing is like i uh, at first it's not apparent that this game is good like it's also hard to recommend that game to people i was thinking about this the other day i was doing dishes i was i was like xenoblade 2 is isn't bad but it's like i would never recommend this to anybody like it's hard to be like hey you want to play this game with big anime booby girls and like <laughs> the only people that you recommend of- it to have already played it like they already yeah, know about right. it and it's in it's their shit like what are you gonna do walk up and be like oh yeah i just i played xenoblade chronicles and then i just i wasn't interested in the second one that like that person doesn't isn't really out there there are people that i know at least that didn't want to play too because of the heavy leaning and just kind of this like horny anime aesthetic which is kind of oh. just like yeah. It's very strange. And if that's the reason why and, and if that's the reason they give you and you go out and knowing that recommend them number two, they're gonna be like, yo, dog, I'm never gonna listen to your opinions ever again. Yeah, but it's <laughs> like if you play one, you gotta play two. Like that's just kind of how I feel. That's why I play two. But with three, it's like three, I could recommend to anybody. Be like, hey, you wanna play a good JRPG? 
Xenoblade 3. Like, this game is good. It's not horny. It's a very mature game. It has a story that pretty that is pretty different for what the genre has. Um, and it's just... It's all the best parts of 1 and 2 put together, and then all the critiques of 1 and 2 put in there, too. And it's just, like, it's so fucking sick. Like, the story is like, hey, you're a guy named Noah, and Noah is an off-seer. He, he sees the dead. He plays music for their souls to be brought to the afterlife. And the general synopsis is there's these two fighting factions and they're you basically have two countries that raise and breed people from birth to be soldiers and the characters that you play as are soldiers who have been trained to fight since the age of 10 and they, they also have yeah a, they, they also aren't i mean like birthed also seems yeah they're not quite right because they replicated from yeah or something that at least yeah. as far as i am through the story that has not been revealed yet um but they emerge at like the age of 10 they're and just like then, spawned at the age of 10 and then they and have then a 10-year they only live for 10 years life. yeah so they have a 10-year shelf shelf life you're like hey you live for 10 10 years but at, most of them don't get to see that 10-year existence like they die before that that's their goal is basically like they are expendable yeah they're expendable they're they're fighting for these big mech gods to like fill up their fire things that give power to their armies to make more dudes to make more mechs to fight this unending war and eventually there's they a, meet they meet that guy and they meet that and, guy, and then yeah. he's like and he's like I'm 60 and everybody's like what the fuck are you talking about? It's like why are you wrinkled? <laughs> what the heck is this? And it's like and they're like yeah um, things exist outside of your worldview and you should explore that. And they're like huh? and huh? like <laughs> and they eventually encounter a guy named Mobius Morbius and he's a big mech <laughs> and then they mo and then they morb out pretty hard actually and then they <laughs> morb out and they're like hey you can combine with people and become mechs which is cool but the interesting thing is the three characters of the main cast are from one side of the war the other three are from the other side of the war so they both have these different opinions and views of things that are going on um so that makes the main cast just really interesting from the start in the first hour like you have this forecast that you just build on like you know their morals and their ideals and you just kind of just keep building and expanding on them it's just so interesting but what is also so impressive about the game is the story informs how the gameplay works it informs the mechanics like you learn something in the story and it makes something happen in the mechanics like oh for for example in the in the in one side, the one country, the way these characters control are different oh, than the yeah. way the other characters control. Like, like they build their specials up due to auto attacking, and this one builds them up just like over time or from canceling their arts or whatever. Like, and you learn they have different fighting styles, but in the cutscene before, you get to learn about their different fighting styles. So it's like it's just a really good way to like show and then tell and 
it's so good, especially compared to one and two, where they don't do that. Their t- their tutorials are just like constantly, hey, sit here and read this. Like, hey, here's this thing that we should have shown you 20 hours ago, but now you're learning about it. But like this this game does a good job of just showing you things and keep escalating and going and going, and it's just a masterclass of like how to do game design and do like it's crazy. It's just really good. Um, yeah, I've. I put like 30 hours into it maybe at chapter two maybe chapter three i don't even know uh it's yeah it's just that, really that number is distressing <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna be yeah. real there's a lot of stuff and i looked up the cutscene link like how long the cutscenes are and it is 19 hours of cutscenes. so Metal Gear Solid 4, for example, has nine. So there's 10 extra hours of cutscenes in this game. Um, and I will tell you, this game does not shy away from cutscenes from the very Dude, there, <laughs> they are you're, so many you're, you kind of like you hit the first like major story point. We we talked about Mobius and and that, and that thing. That that whole sequence surrounding the Mobius encounter was like all right, battle cutscene significantly longer than the battle another battle and then another cutscene immediately which was also longer than both of the battles put together and it was just like it was just like battle cutscene battle cutscene battle cutscene and so also here's another cool cool thing that just just like showing how they do the show and tell there's a point where the characters they, they have these, like, irises that can, like, see information that's usually just to get data from, the, like, their, their, like, their... By, they, by the, the way, this guy right here, I'll show you in a second when this guy loads up. There's a very... A, this guy is in... He's in every single one of those games. Every single Xenoblade game uh, with this big, hairy gorilla dude sleeping. No, there's a big-ass one. He's, like, walking around, like, level 94 in the first, like... Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, of course. Show. I was I was going to oh, make yeah. a comment, yeah, but, like, it was yeah. it was typical monolith. You get to the first open-world scenario, and it's there's a level 80 that you immediately walk past, and you're like, oh, okay, it's a monolith game. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, what they do to do the show and tell thing is they have the characters have these irises where they can receive data for like battle or whatever. And the main character, Noah, he like taps his eye thing just because they've been taken out of the network, taken out of the hive hive mind. That's like the hook. They're out of the hive hive mind. They're freed to roam, which is not good. So people are trying to find them. So he like actually says his eye. He's like, he can see the class icon for the character. He's like, what is this? That's interesting. Like, why can I see this? I haven't. I wasn't a- able to see this before. And he clicks his thing, and he switches to that character's class. And they go, "Oh, the, that's weird." And they the clothes change, and then the other character does it. And that's how you learn about class switching. Like, you can. There's 24, 25 different classes in this game that you unlock these things called hero quests where you meet heroes in the world. You get to learn about their thing, inherit their stuff. Really, really, really cool. And you get to rank those up. I think the max rank is like 25, 25. Mm. Yeah. So it's just so cool. Be like, hey, this show, tell, show, tell. And it's all just in there. It's so cool. 
And um, it's a, but the pace, the pacing was also like on point because like the the thing is is that so they just know they now know that they can't go back right so they're like okay shit we need clothes they're in a camp, um, and so each everybody picks out their own clothes, and then the scene that Zach just described follows immediately afterwards. So they pick out their old clothes to basically show okay this is what the class looks like, and then they then they follow it up immediately with everybody like swapping classes around and those costumes that they picked out are what, you know, indicate what the classes are. It was, it yeah. was it's very well done. Yeah. It's, it's, I was just saying this, but it's like Nintendo finally has their like uncharted, you know, like, but it's not, it's not an uncharted game. Like, but it's like a cinematic adult sure, yeah. kind of like, game like this is nintendo's flagship like hey like this is our like this is our game to show off this console like and it's it's taking them time to get there hmm. um but it's like it's just it's such a mature game which is like i think i really want to drive that in like the game handles a lot of things that other games don't um and it's just good to be like you know what i'm gonna know tick off an hour i'm gonna go sit down an hour with this game and there's stuff i can do like i could do the story i could do side stuff and it's just like pushing towards something and also the side stories are also the same quality as the main quest so you're never like really missing out and it's always informing the lore of this world um there's nothing of waste that it's just really it's a lot of meat um yeah it's just really good um it's yeah, I it's weird because I didn't I wasn't going to buy this game at all. Like I was just kind of like, okay, I didn't really like two. It was okay. I liked one a lot, but I eventually played through one and two again. I was like, I don't really think I want to hit three. And I think I'm just not a fan of these types of games, despite spending two hundred hours prior with those games. Then I watched a review of a guy who said, like, I've always hated these games, and this one finally hit. And he explained all these things that I just kind of explained. I was like, oh shit, like this game sounds good. And then I played it and I was just kind of blown, blown away. Like I was just like, really like, holy crap. Like this is a, just a solid JRPG that I am enjoying. And I'm enjoying taking away from other things that I've been wanting to invest time in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it feels special it's doing things and it's doing new things and it's doing those things in a way that is actually fun uh you know like i said it's it's one of those things where there's a bunch of similarities to xenoblade i the first thing that i thought was going to happen was because it's very obvious that you know in the first hours of the game that you're going to get this extra these extra characters into your party right and i was just waiting for it to be like okay well time to cut that maximum party size down folks because uh, yeah. that's what how it's always been for the others you know blade games and then it didn't i was like okay and so it's just nice to watch things actually change uh and, and for the better in my opinion the things that they added to the to the map are actually interesting there's kind of just like shiny enemies every now and there's so much shit to pick up which i mean that's not that interesting but um but it is a change that's there and yeah you know it's It's there for a a lot of good yeah Yeah. it's but yeah the characters are so good like i Mm. it's 
Uh, the reason why I wanted Taylor to play this game so bad is because whenever he was going through Final Fantasy fourteen, he would always talk to me about the cast and how he loved the cast so much. And like he just wanted to hang out with these people. And I was like, if that's the drive for a JRPG, because a, a hook for a JRPG for me and most of the time is just to grind and to play the, play the game. Yeah. Like the cast is usually like not my main concern, but this is just like, whoa like these characters are so well realized and they're funny and like i just want to hang out with these people and i want to see them to the end and i know their end isn't i know that there's not going to be a happy ending there's this game there's no chance this game ends happily <laughs> but good like like i just want to see what happens to them um and that is it takes a lot for a game to do that for me because a lot of times jrpg stories are just kind of like okay whatever like we're gonna go kill god and that's the end of it like <laughs> and i mean taylor yeah, and i were playing was, final yeah. fantasy 9 before this and final fantasy 9 does an amazing job of what this game does like it has amazing characters and it and it just kind of does the best of the series in one game you know yeah um yeah and this game yeah it's just really well realized um, <laughs> it's gonna take it's gonna take a minute to get to some it's crazy to watch like the, this being a, a trailer and being like yo i have no idea what the fuck is happening in a lot of <laughs> yeah, this shit i just met that guy the guy with the sword and the shield i i, uh, I have no guardian idea commander <laughs> <laughs> yeah what, what's interesting is this is the second highest rated xenoblade game Next to the original Wii version of Xenoblade Chronicles, yeah, yeah which which I think which is the it has a, it has a really yeah, yeah yeah I mean it has a really strong novelty factor. Yep. Xenoblade Chronicles did a lot of cool shit that nothing had really done mm -hmm. um, on a on a console style RPG. Yeah, and it, no. and it was one of those rainfall games that yeah, yeah it was had, right. that, yeah so yeah. well like, where, well, like you know like as well and and as successful as the Wii was there there wasn't anything that was kind of different and cool right that Xenoblade Chronicles did so it's, yeah, so, it's amazing that rainfall essentially led to Xenoblade Chronicles three because if that didn't happen in the U S these games wouldn't have made it over and they probably yeah. wouldn't have, they probably wouldn't have made it any further no there's this amazing hour and a half long documentary i watched on youtube okay. some guy made about the just history of this team and it's crazy the stuff that they've gone through but it's crazy to see how this series has evolved over time because we don't like to think about this, but this is a continued story they've been telling since Xeno Gears. Like this is like mm -hmm. at the end of Xeno Gears, they say at the end of episode five. What's the other episodes? Well, we've been experiencing <laughs> those. Like, um, yeah, it's. But it's also what's really interesting to me is the iterative process those games have gone through. They all have the same DNA. They're all kind of same. Mm -hmm play style it's just so interesting to watch how that's evolved over time and nintendo kind of taking them under their wing and saying like hey like we believe in you guys make us some cool stuff and they did and then they're like okay you guys are great now help us make our games cool they're like okay we'll we'll help you make things cool and then they're like hey make xenoblade 2 with 45 people on the team they're like okay we can do that easy like and they did it and it became the, their best selling game period like xenoblade yeah. 2 is a huge selling game best in the series i think three probably sold better just due to two being as it, big it as has. it was yeah. so yeah. like yeah um launch wise yeah so 
Yeah, it, this team just kind of can do anything. <laughs> just kind of hard to believe that they beat um, Chronicles X. So, <laughs> I think the about game it. that sold three copies and the console that sold four copies. Um, I was yeah. one of them in both yeah, counts. I was one yeah. of them. I, was, yeah. I bought I the it, collector's edition strategy guide for that game. I got so. the, oh, I got the actual collector's edition of Xenoblade Chronicles X, but not the. You guys are more broken than me. Something. <laughs> um, it's interesting. I really do hope that that's the game that they put that game back out. Uh, I th- it should you know what here's the thing is that with all the porting yeah. that they've done I do yeah. th- and with how successful the Xenoblade name has been it is kind of strange uh, that they have not ported that game to Switch yeah, yeah. it'll probably I, be I, after this because oh yeah I, yeah of course yeah. you try and try and get this game get the hype and then use that to be like hey you got you didn't know about this game because nobody bought it. Here you go. Well, also, I think it's just um, the so I forget the director's name. Um, from all the research I've done on him, he's like written like 500 page stories Co- for all these Kokojima games. or Genki or Genki Yakoda. Whoever the original guy is, oh, I, f- yeah. I forget his name. He's written like 500 page manuscripts for all these games that have had to been like cut to to shit because they're like, hey, this isn't going to happen. Nintendo allowed him to actually make. The game with the budget it was the first time for the first Tino Blade game. He actually got to see his vision. Um, but what's really interesting is I think they've been really focused on finishing this the Xenoblade series because three is the end of the Chronicles kind of thing. One and two are different time timelines in this story. Three is the conversion, the convergence mm-hmm. of those two timelines. So what is going to happen is Xenoblade X is somewhere else in the time timeline. It's earlier, um, I think, because it actually takes it starts off with like Earth refugees, basically. Um, yes, I think so is where it would go in the yeah. time timeline. Um, but yeah. I think that's going to be their next focus. I would imagine they'd be like, "Hey, let's do X remake or whatever, then X two yeah. so, or whatever." So you're something. so you're telling me I'm not going to get Project Cross Zone three? Is that what? No, you're not going to get Project Cross <laughs> Cross Zone three with dude. I don't know how those games got made, but they just <laughs> they just give this studio. They just people just trust this studio. Like, hey, here's some money. Make make whatever. Like, okay, well, let's make a little visual novel game because we because we can um yeah the fact that this studio just kind of is the heavy lifting studio for nintendo like they're just kind of like hey we need you we'll let you make whatever you want if you make zelda <laughs> like yeah <okay. laughs> um the yeah. yeah i mean that that's the other thing that uh isn't quite uh or that we didn't quite mention is oh yeah Te- the ten the technical uh, prowess of this game on a Nintendo Switch is is quite good, um, and yeah. it's kind of it's just kind of nutty um, because there are many other t- companies and games that make a lot more money and they are not even close uh, to what Monolith Soft is doing. It, with it with gives Zimbabwe. me hope for Breath of the Wild two to be 60 frames because this game is consistently 50 to 60 it's not con- a consistent yeah, 60 there's there's some drops 
There's some drops, but the way it does, like, it does, um, what is it called? Like, active scaling, where if there's things going on, sometimes your characters will get really pixely looking, um, but it will stay consistent and it'll look good. Um, Yeah, and then, um, I mean, I'd I'd have to re-watch the Digital Foundry video so to use all the right words, but it also does uh reshading or redrawing of the aliasing mm. lines where like the longer something is in a frame the clearer it becomes so you know it something will look fuzzier for the first three frames and then all of a sudden it'll swap and uh redraw it dynamically uh, it's you know the, the actual tech behind it is really interesting stuff and it 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 shows because yeah yeah it looks good also, I just can't say this more, but the combat is just really good. Uh, it's fast. It's really yeah, fast. I, fi- I finally got the thing where I can press the start button and do the big combos, and that's uh, it's, oh, it's yeah. a lot of fun. Chain attacks are different this time around, and they take a lot of thinking. You're like, it's like you yeah, it's like- it's not it's not super dumb where you just have to activate the one super mode from like in Xenoblade Chronicles two. Chain attacks were there, except the whole goal was just to activate super pirate mode, and then just every you like you won every fight that you managed to yeah. do it in. Um, this is like I'm hoping that's to- not the case here too. Eventually, no. So what this does is really interesting is like you pick a so like each roll has a different thing it adds to the chain attack so like hey it, uh, so if you if you start the combo off it'll give you three characters to start off and be like hey if you start with this character um if the chain succeeds 70% of attacks will crit or whatever like something like that you start the attack and each character pops up has a number assigned to it and you need to build to above 100 percent, and then you can activate the chain if you're in the chain on a healer the healer shoots the the chain up to 99 percent. if you end it on a so you shoot up to, to 99 and then you can activate someone else to go above above that to even increase your multiplier more then if you end on a tank it they'll automatically restart the round. So you'll automatically get that effect that you chose at the beginning. So there's a lot of thinking and planning you need to do to build up to these like 800 times multipliers or a thousand times or whatever that also increase your XP gains too. Um, But bosses have a lot of health. So they're designed specifically for you to be like, Hey, we need to like activate this thing and I need to actually use my brain to like figure this out. Um, it's really hard to explain because it's very intricate, but it is a fulfilling mechanic. Um, and even the fact, even like playing like the battles from moment to moment, you have your three face buttons and then you have your D pad, which you can also use to fuse the attacks to get the effects of both attacks that you you get the you get you get the deep pad attacks from other classes so you yeah. you m- m- you multi-class but okay i get this stun from this and fuse it with this aoe from this and like you just get to have all these things these things that you get to create yourself which is really fun it's fun to like theory crap like ooh the the hammer class has this knockback attack if i if i mix that with my aoe i can knock knock back all these enemies like oh cool like it's just fun like it's just like but it's fast too it's like so quick 
Um, and he could change characters on the fly, which was cool. Um, and all of them play drastically different. So it's like, oh, this character is from this nation, so I need to cancel these attacks quickly. Or, oh, this one does this, so I need to... It's just... It, it requires a lot, so it makes it fun. You, you don't go into auto mode like you would in a normal JRPG. Like you're just like, oh, like I'm, in, I'm actively involved. The only thing you can auto mode is stuff that doesn't get you enough experience for it to be worth it. So. Well, there is an actual auto mode by the way that you can oh, is there? turn on if you no, want I didn't to. Know that. I'm not so anyone that. can play the game if they if they're like I'm too dumb for this or hey I'm a baby I want to like not do this. <laughs> I don't know. There's 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 probably a person out, out there who's like I just want to play the story. Put it on easy auto hang out, you know, whatever. Um but there's that option which is cool. So hey. Yeah, it's a good good game. Um I didn't expect the flagship title from Nintendo to be Xenoblade Three, but hey, <laughs> you're like this. Like in years' time, we'll be saying, "Isn't it crazy?" On the Switch, Xenoblade Three came out the last year of the the, the base Switch. Like that's just it's going to be something that we talk two about two months before the the new Switch was announced, um, yeah. and re- and the Switch Lite, the OLED were released. Really kind of wild. But yeah, but no, I'm. I'm looking. I'm definitely looking forward to this. I, I picked it up uh, um, like a dummy. I'm playing Xenoblade Chronicles Two, which is the lowest in this, the low point in the series. But even though it's still good, just that, that gotcha. It's still aspect. good. Um, oh, the, you know, got, the, it was. Big, it was. You got big boobies yeah, too. Yeah, well, they, it's yeah. funny because they definitely point <laughs> that out as they they point the perversion, the perverted side of those big boobies. Well, the thing and, is, it's that, um, it's that kojima thing you know that tweet he made about quiet where it's like <laughs> you will regret you will regret your words and deeds because people were saying like she's too sexualized because she's right. showing her skin and he's like you'll regret that and it's because she breathed through her skin like whatever like it's kind of that thing with xenoblade 2 is like you're gonna like with this one at least is kind of like okay i kind of feel bad like i kind of understand but is that it's really cheap kind of like ooh, you feel bad now huh? mm-hmm. i was like not really <laughs> I'm um, uh. so they, they announced story content in the DLC. Uh, it's gonna be coming next year sometime. They did it with uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. They added it in the original Xenoblade Chronicles, the definitive edition, which I'm very bummed because um, I, I would purchase that on its own because I've already beaten and completed the story, the original Xenoblade twice. I don't want to have to do it again. No, I would not. To play have you played it, Dolly? Not the definitive version, no. So that story is pretty cool. It takes place a year after the game ends. I heard, but but you need to. Do you need <laughs> to play the full game to experience that DLC? Yeah, because it takes it. place a year after the the game ends. Oh no, actually no. You can buy it and just play that if you oh, want. Oh, okay, that's what I was asking. But, oh. I mean, for the story, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously. Okay. But no, it's like it takes place a year after. On like a remnant of the the whatever it's like the shoulder mm-hmm. that's just floating, uh, yeah, um, that's cool. But I hope this game does the DLC like they did for two, where it's like kind of like three kind of whatever things like oh the swim swimsuits and then the challenge mode, and then they did the Torna, which is like whoa, mm-hmm. is a whole different game. I hope yeah. that's what this is leading to, some little sure. connection. To you the would next, I you would game. think so. You I hope there's well, swimsuits. Yeah, Xenoblade, no. uh, 
Xenoblade One and Xenoblade Two are they run in parallel. Yeah, they're um, they're definitively yeah. linked because the yeah. antagonists are directly or well, yeah, kind of Whatever. the kind of antagonists. The definitely the antagonist from one is exists as a character in two, um, mm-hmm. although he is not an antagonist there. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to like even though, spoil, even though even though even though even though Chronicles two yet, came yeah. out a while ago, um, I don't want to overtly spoil that one too much. And then in three, me, there's yeah. this. No, I'm not even gonna say it. In three, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of Xeno Saga stuff in three. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I I never played Saga, so I don't know. But I mean, obviously, the the first two things that jump out at me are the fact that it's the Monado for or you know basically the monado is the sword that uh, noah uses and then um shit what's cat girl's name mio mio yeah mio like she has the, she has the same crystal that um the old cat girl did from xenoblade chronicles okay. 2 well all the the bad guys have the same crystal as pyra has in xenoblade 2 oh. like so they got yeah, the I mean, same my, design they're like I recognize a bunch of shit, and I'm like, that looks familiar, but I'm I'm not. I have, this was so cool. Is like I'm they, not enough of a nerd to like be like, oh, did, it's they, that. They did asset cycling, like recycling, but it's in a smart way. It's like, oh shit! Like here's this area from Xenoblade One. Here's this area from except, Xenoblade except, Two. Yeah, except it all makes sense. It has a purpose. It as all opposed makes sense. To, like, oh, here's the by here's the Bionis sword from Xenoblade One. We're going mm-hmm. to that in this yeah. game. Like, oh my gosh! Hey, there's this Titan from Xenoblade Two. What is that? Like, it's really cool. <laughs> um, and there's uh, some things that happen that are that yeah. really interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, but wow. well. Get there. Yeah, I was say, we'll, 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 we'll save that. We'll save that for the for the recap episode where after mm-hmm. we all beat Xenoblade Chronicles three, we come back, we circle back, and we're like, we do we do just our there you go our two hour long show. Dally's gonna be the MC for the show. He'll just like make it. sure that you know we just keep talking <laughs> forever. Much like today. Much like today, yeah. and I'm one I'm hour forty five minutes. Love this it. is actually Love a it. short. This is shorter than I thought it would. <laughs> yeah, would with be, all the news, so. and all the games. But we did spend about thirty five plus minutes on Xenoblade Three, but that's okay. No, that's kind of the point. That's not. Kind of I have a lot we, more to say, but I just can't. I mean, I'm gonna, right now. So, I'm playing. Yeah, Zach, if you could say two. after the show's done. Okay, we have, I'm playing we have, through Xenoblade Two, so uh, I my goal is. Finish Xenoblade 2, and then as I get back into my other games like Live Alive, uh, Triangle Strategy, at the same time I'll be playing Xenoblade 3. So Xenoblade 2 is still sort of fresh in my mind. So yeah, that'll be that. But anyways, let's wrap it up. Wrap it up. It's it's late. It's uh, it's Sunday night. Everyone's got to work tomorrow. We do. Um, Gents, it was. (laughs) Everybody's got to work. Everybody. Sam's already sleeping. Yeah. By the way, JJ's beard is already. It's already in such great shape. And look at mine. Oh, God almighty. <laughs> uh, uh, gents, it's been awesome. JJ, thank you as usual. Thanks for oh, talking I, about uh, Avenging Spirit. You have Avenging, Avenging Spirit. Spirit. Oh. Zach, thank you for uh, you and Taylor for taking us down the Xenoblade journey. Mechanist, Bionis. Part, part one of, of, part part one one of, of 47. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, we got like 150 is, more hours left in that, that game. Final so. Fantasy 14 all over. Yeah, yeah. You'd be so lucky. <laughs> You'd be so lucky. <laughs> Sam, thank you for being Sam. I'm so glad I could be here for <laughs> Xenoblade talk. Have you ever played a Xenoblade game, Sam? Uh, I'm going to let you know that I watched my brother play one of them, I think, on the Wii U. Okay. Uh, so, so Chronicles X. For close to an hour and did not understand anything that was going on. It's all right. I played, I played it for a lot longer than that, and I have no fucking clue. I just know there's mechs in it, and it's fun. Yeah. It also, yeah. Looked, like, <laughs> it also looked like poop, so I don't know. <laughs> Uh, and I'm Dolly Demosky, Double D. I will see you all beautiful people. We sure will. All of us will see you all beautiful people on the next episode of the Side Quest. Until then, have a safe and wonderful journey. Charles is cute. Bye. Bye.